What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Mr. Miggity Miggity Mac, and with me tonight is my friend and sous chef, Dr. Diamond Doug. That's me, Triple D. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language. That's not really our style. So we'll try to keep this PG-13, mm-hmm. like maybe mild language and maybe some artistic nudity. And just one darn it. Yeah, yeah. And okay. a, like a half of a nipple, but it will make sense in context. In context. In context. It'll make it make be completely yeah, appropriate, yeah. yes. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause this episode, go watch the movie, come back later. With that being said, tonight we'll be talking about Pantheon nomination number six for 2020, Chef. Nominated by Rachel Plantiga, guest voter, our very own Seth Fisher. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Let's do that. Mr. Doug, That's what right. is Pantheon? Sure. Well, uh, Pantheon are movies that uh, we like to call the movies that are the special shelf of movies. They are the the hill uh, of the gods. Like uh, where I keep my malort. Yeah, yeah. They're movies that hit on all the cylinders uh, that you would think of when it comes to grading a movie or, or, or evaluating a movie. Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. And that X factor. Yeah. Essential viewing. Yep, and uh, if it is of uh, a, a film of a special kind, that it is the best of its genre. Like an 80s booby movie. Yes, like an 80s booby movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so tonight, uh, before we get started on this on uh, Chef tonight, let's do a quick little recap of previous Pantheon movies for this year. Why don't you run them down from the beginning of the year? Sure. Uh, we started with Psycho, which got 8 out of 11. The original Psycho. That's right, 1960. The Apartment, same year. That one did not make it. 3 hmm. out of 11. All right. Won't You Be My Neighbor, the documentary about Mr. Rogers, got 9 of 11. Mm-hmm. Schindler's List, 11 of 11. It's full clean sweep. Yep, clean sweep. And then last time, Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai! Made it in 8 out of 11. No so thanks to me! Of the five we've looked at so far, four have gotten in. We are running hot. We're running hot. So of this um, of this uh, uh, of eleven, just real quick, we'll talk a little bit more about how a movie becomes pantheon here. But but uh, you're talking eight of eleven for Psycho, three of eleven for The Apartment. Of yeah. eleven, what? Sure. So the way that Pantheon is scored is that there is a council of people on Adventures in Video Land, and there's eleven of them. There is nine. There are nine people oh, on oh, this okay. council. All right, and uh, then they each get one vote and have to do a write up on the movie. And then, in addition to that, there's a guest voter who okay. gets one vote. That's like Seth, Seth Fisher, Fisher this, this time. time. You yeah. were you were last the guest time. voter last time. I was. And then, in addition to that, then there is a Facebook poll that asks, uh, yes, no, should this be in Pantheon? And then the, the aggregate score, uh, like the highest yes or no, will uh, count as one more votes. So that is a okay. total of 11 votes, and you need a two-thirds majority to get in. Which is eight. Which is seven. Math. Because of math. Okay. That's so, right. So, just Psycho got eight of 11. That's made right. it in easily, handily. Won't you be my neighbor? Only one person said no, right? Uh, a Schindler's List, 
everyone. Yep. Facebook yep. guest voter. Even Ka- some... yeah, Captain No was Captain the no guest voter yes. on that one. And seven samurai. Only two said no, or three said no. Sorry, that's why eight of eleven. So uh, actually, it made it in with a nice little margin. Yep. Actually. Yeah. Yes. All righty then. So a little foreplay before we get started. Let's yeah. talk about cooking. Chef is a movie about cooking, specifically about a chef. Yeah. What does cooking mean to you? What? How is cooking something that really, really uh, gets into your life? So, a uh, fun fact is I cook all the meals for my family, and I have for a very long time. All of them. All of the meals, uh, unless uh, for, for uh, unless perchance I'm gone. But I okay. love cooking. Okay. And uh, one of the things that uh, my dad would cook, uh, he didn't cook all the meals, but he he would cook. And one of the things that he liked to cook was pizza. <gasps> We're from Chicago, well, so uh, pizza's like in her blood, which is why we have a lot of heart issues. Because well, you know you shouldn't have that much pizza in your blood. But I, I've heard that Chicago pizza has a special <laughs> thing. What are they called? They're like uh, what the uh, flavor pools? Flavor pools. Some people might call it grease, but it Blah, is uh, it is their flavor. Not pools. a very polite term yeah. for oil. So tonight, uh, just in honor of that, that I have brought underneath the foil here. here. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. A whole pizza. Wait, hold on. This looks like it came from a pizzeria. It's in like a Pizza Hut style that, dish. That is a Pizza Hut style dish from Pizza Hut. Did you steal a dish? <laughs> no, I, I uh, made friends with a lady at the Pizza Hut and asked if I could buy one. And she said, nah, we got extra here. I'll give you one. So she Fantastic. gave it to me. It, this yeah. is a tr- oh, it's true, true, yeah. true for real Pizza Hut dish. And I have a wonderful slice of pizza. I was nibbling yeah. on it, so but I, I didn't a, realize you I made, made it. I made this from scratch. Made the mm. dough from scratch. The dough... Uh, then mm. I in, I added a little bit of oregano and garlic to the dough itself mm. with olive oil, so it's nice. Fabulous. And then it's got Italian so- mild Italian sausage, mm-hmm. pepperoni, a little bit of bacon. I made the sauce myself mm. with mm. The, the. Did you grow the, the tomatoes? The Chicago, the Chicago. Uh, uh, one of the things that you tend that Chicago style pizza sauce tends on the sweeter side. Mm-hmm. So I added just a little bit of sugar to it All to right. just sweeten up the, the it sauce. It is fantastic. Yeah. This belongs on a food truck. If you don't mind uh, being mm. a food critic myself, I wouldn't mind funding a food truck oh, yeah. for you. After, after you <laughs> criticize me online. Oh, uh, well, I was thinking about it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, food actually is a big part of, obviously, all of our lives. But for some people, food just has a different meaning. You know, yeah. For some people, online video games have a meaning, have, have a tremendous meaning. For some people, it's uh, gardening or golfing or, 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 or yeah. CrossFit. For some people, it's food. More than just sustenance, but like uh, as a social, as a, the core of their social game. As yeah. It's what their whole life revol- is, revolves around. And the movie we're talking about today, Chef... His whole life, John Favreau's character's whole life revolves around food. Yep. Preparation, eating, tasting, shopping, everything in his whole life. He's completely infatuated with the concept. You know, without people like that, we wouldn't have some of the fabulous food experiences that we all take yeah. for granted. You know, and this this might be jumping the gun on it, but later on in the film, he's talking to his kid and says, I'm not good at a lot of things. Right. Uh, like, I'm, I wasn't great at my marriage. I'm not really being, I'm not great at being a dad. Yep. But this, I'm good at this. And he wanted to share it with and his son. And he wanted son. to share that with his son. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we will get to that. And we will. But you're right. That is a core part of the, of the experience, the journey yep. that his character goes on. 
through this movie. So we are talking about Chef. Uh, Chef is a little movie facts here. Is a, is rated R. Mostly just for language. It's mostly for language. Uh, there's no, I don't recall any violence. No. Nope. Other than some anger. No uh, actual violence. No uh, blood. I think he threw something. Nobody gets beat up. Nobody gets shot, stabbed. No, no murders. Sex, no violence. There's just no sex that I, that I recall. Yeah. Uh, it was released, uh, October, uh, <laughs> no, I almost listed John Favreau's birth date of October 19th, yeah. 1966, which is very close to mine. He was one month away That's from... That's why I included that. One month away from the almost decade that I was, I yeah. was hatched in. Uh, in any case, uh, this particular movie was released March of 2014. Uh, it was in, in the U.S. theaters, uh, uh, actually May, May 9th, um, but it is starring... Uh, I'm sorry, was directed by John Favreau, uh, who, as I said, was born in 66. His first role was in Rudy. Really? One of my favorite football movies of all time. I really enjoy that one. There are a lot of good football movies. That one I like. And big breakthrough role in Swingers. Yes. Uh, him and Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. He directed Made in 2001. But his first really major hit, 2003, was Will Ferrell in... Elf. In Elf. First major hit. Uh, this um, screenplay was was John by screenplay by John Favreau was produced by him and also Sergey I would say Best Beloved. Yep. Okay. Uh, music by uh, mixed artist. The soundtrack. We'll talk about the soundtrack. I hope a little later. The soundtrack in this movie went from just literally just background music to stuff that just moved my body. Like yeah. I wanted to get up and dance. I'm a little fat for that, but I wanted to. I really did. Cinematography by Kramer uh, Morgenthau who did uh, Thor Dark World, Game of Thrones, several things, Game of Thrones, Terminator, uh, Terminator Genesis, uh, edited by Robert Lighton, the Now You See Me guy in theaters, as I said, uh, in in uh, March of 14. Uh, May of May of 2014. It's yeah, a, it was March 7, 2014, at the South by Southwest yeah, release. Um, you know, uh, film festival, mm-hmm. and then wide May 9. Yeah, wide May 9. Uh, this was 114 minutes, which um, I uh, I have to admit it did feel a little uh, it did feel a little long to me. For uh, me, it felt really short because these last Jokers have been nominating these three and a half hour movies. It was Schindler's List was like three hours and fifteen. Schindler's and, List is three days and fifteen hours. Yeah, and then Seven Samurai is. Uh, it's like a month long. I, I was like, just—I was just thinking. We seven. I started watching Seven Samurai the day that we went into uh, COVID quarantine, and I think I finished it without yeah. stopping the first day of May. So it was uh, thirty-five days. Yeah. No, Seven Samurai is what three hours, three and a half. Uh, Schindler's List is the same. Um, the uh, the apartment uh, is is seemed like it was fairly long. Yeah, that uh, was for like a two and a half hours. hours. Right, two and a half. So this one uh, at 114 minutes, less less than two hours, still a little long for this kind of movie. Yeah, it, for a comedy, a uh, lighthearted comedy, it's a little yeah. bit on the longer side. Yeah, and there was you know there were some very elongated scenes. Uh, there was I bet that they probably could have shaved 15 minutes from the movie by cutting every driving scene on the highway in half. Yeah, I mean and by driving scene I mean the car going down the highway. Yeah, just watching them drive. Drive. Yep. Studio was Fairview Entertainment uh, and, and Alamisa. That that's uh, Favreau's uh, group, distributed through Open Road Films. All right, so some of the stars here. We've got John Favreau, Sofia Vergara. We've got uh, John Leguizamo, Scarlett Johansson, Dustin Hoffman, Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby uh, Cannavale. Amy Sedaris. MJ Anthony, he plays the son. He's pretty cool. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Not familiar with him. Is yeah. he, uh, is he, he in anything I know? He did some bit parts and then spent some time in jail for a while. Huh. Yeah. I don't remember him. Not, I mean, yeah, I guess. Anyway. And Russell Peters. And Russell Peters. I mean, everybody knows Russell Peters. Everybody. It's Russell. It's, you know him. All right. Why don't you give me a little synopsis, a little rundown of the sure. storyline? This is from Google. Uh, that says, after a controlling owner, Dustin Hoffman, pushes him too far, Chef Carl Casper... Uh, played by John Favreau, quits his position at a prestigious Los Angeles restaurant. As he tries to figure out what his next step should be, he finds himself in Miami. Carl joins forces with his ex-wife, Sofia Vergara, best friend, uh, John Leguizamo, and son, uh, MJ Anthony, to launch a food truck business, and the venture pr- provides a chance to reignite his passion for cooking, as well as his zest for life and love. And his love with his son. <clears throat> That is his correct. relationship with his son. I love John Leguizamo in this movie, by the way. Yeah. I thought he was a shining star. I was just going to say the same I, the same I, phrase. I, 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 exactly. exactly. I, I really thought that he brought... By the way, I thought John Favreau did a fine, did a fine job. And uh, MJ, as the son, I, for whatever reason, all I can remember him from is Krampus, which I don't even know how many people have watched Krampus, but he's one of the kids in Krampus. And uh, I, I liked seeing him do something that wasn't so campy and schlocky, but that, that was pretty cool. Um, but John Leguizamo's character was, uh, like, we'll chat about acting later, yeah. but his character was earnest, and I never believed that he was John Leguizamo nope. in a film. Nope. He was the character. Yep. Yeah. I've seen John Leguizamo in a film playing that slapstick version that he does sometimes. Yeah. Different character. You know, it's one of his characters. And it's the same one every time. This wasn't it. This was like if John Leguizamo and and John Favreau opened a food truck, and they were just filming a reality show. A lot of it felt like that to yep. me. Uh, and I wondered how much of the script was improv, uh, just because it felt like it was just the two of them screwing around. A little bit. I don't mean screwing around by not being serious. I mean goofing around opening a food fun. truck. Yeah, having yeah. fun. All right. Some ratings here. IMDb rates it a seven point three out of ten. Metacritic gives it sixty eight. 36 reviews, 25 positive, 9 mixed, 2 negative, 7.7 user review. And for Metacritic, you know, that's not a bunch of reviews. That is an aggregate of all the other critics out there. And Metacritic then puts its own score. So it's not a 68%. No. It's a 68 out of 100 score per the Metacritic scale. Mm -hmm. Rotten Tomatoes calls it 87% with an audience score of 85% positive. Google has 90%. Who like it? So here's the thing about this movie. I I don't disagree with this. Like I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um. I I I enjoyed my time watching it. Uh, I think if I wasn't watching it for AV, I would have watched it and moved on and watched something else, and that would have been that. Because we're reviewing it and talking about it, you know, yep. it's even more memorable, of course. I don't think it's a forgettable movie. Uh. But um. These scores, I think, are kind of right there. You know, yeah. it's like, ah, oh, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was not bad. All right, so Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars, and he says, Carnivores prepare to salivate. Chef, an affable and affectionate celebration of food, friendship, and familial love, may feature two of the most photogenic ladies in Hollywood, but even such dishy versions of Sofia Vergara. By the way, she's from... Uh, Colombia. Colombia. No, I meant the, uh, she's from the uh, uh, family. Modern, modern family. family. I would say Mofe. Modern family. 
using her indoor voice for once, uh, and Scarlett Johansson with boho bangs and hipster tattoos. I had to read that sentence three times because I thought I was saying there was something else going on there. Mm-hmm. Can't hope to compete with the sight of a sizzling slab of Texas-style brisket that's been grilled to crusty black and perfection. Mm-hmm. Sexiest part of the movie, baby, is this food, let me tell you. Even more than, than uh, Scarlett Johansson. The script, alas, is somewhat less dramatically meaty than the entrees. Let's put, let's just say that the final outcome is as almost as expected as the bill at the end of an evening of dining out. But it is a pleasure to sit back and enjoy the goings-on as performed by an engaging troupe of actors and to savor the efforts of Chef's star and writer-director John Favreau, whose warm and down-to-earth personality flavors every scene. This is comfort comedy. Pure and simple. I think Ebert nailed pretty much everything that I felt about this movie as well. Yeah. Right on it. It's like, this was a good... I had fun watching this movie. Yeah. Like, I also have fun eating mashed potatoes. Yeah. Especially with garlic or cheese. Yeah. They're lovely. Cheese sticks. Every moment of it. They're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Rotten Tomato Reviews. These are just uh, some samplings of the ones that are out there. Lawrence uh, Felon, Felin... Uh, independent UK uh, marks it as fresh. The result is a small, unashamedly feel-good movie that makes up for what it lacks in dramatic jeopardy with gentle comedy, heartwarming family scenes, ladles of food porn, and time spent among characters you like. And once again, I had to read the sentence twice because I saw ladies of food porn and I thought, did no. I miss a scene? No, that was different. Ladles yes. of food porn, yeah. Catherine uh, Short from The Guardian, rated as fresh, said, There's nourishment to be had if you lower your expectations, but be warned. A lot of it is just watching John Favreau make toasties in a van. Jay Olson mark, uh, marks this as rotten. Chef might not be the return to form that Favreau and his fans were hoping for, but it's a gentle reminder of his charm, a charm that's gone unattended for t- far too long. Hmm. David Stratton from The Australian rated it as fresh. The film's main theme, the restoration of the father-son relationship, while not very original, is sympathetically handled, and young Anthony gives a winning performance as a sensible, loyal child who's able to teach his jaded father a thing or two. So I picked that one because a little birdie told me that Rachel Plantinga is Australian. Really? I didn't know that. Uh, I, that's what I heard. If she is, she just moved up another notch in my rating, in yeah. my mental rating. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Metacritic reviews, and if if I'm wrong about that, like we don't get to meet the council. I mean, if this no, no, is, no, 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 no. If that would be a view, violation. To you viewers that are sitting out there, we don't know them. We don't know them. Like we don't really get to meet them that we, often. We see yeah. Brad McBoom. Yeah. Only when we are hooded. Led into the studio and he pulls the hoods off, yeah. shows us where to hit the record button and walks out. Like that's yeah. it. That's all we ever. Do. And the only other interaction I had with them is on Facebook when I stalk their pages and I like Ooh. say nasty things. It's my favorite and, like, thing. Like joke too. on things. Yeah. Like cousin Wayne. Uh, you oh, know, boy. like I'm all over his page. We. I've, he's met me once. You know what I like about he cousin probably, Wayne? He's probably he probably hates me as much as Kyle does. You know. You know what I like about cousin Wayne? Yeah. Everything. Oh, gee, you know what? You're probably right. I do. I do. And then Kyle. 
Oh yeah, Kyle, your boy. Uh, I'm I'm his boy. It's so good. Yeah, I wrote, I don't even know how you got in on his good side. Know. I have no idea because Kyle doesn't like anybody, but he likes me. Man. I guess that's what he says. Yeah, we'll see. Metacritic right. reviews. Metacritic reviews. <laughs> Nick LaSalle from the San Francisco Chronicle gave it a 100. He says, Chef's the best thing he, he means Favreau, has ever done. As writer, as a director, or an actor, it's the sort of thing of beauty that filmmakers are ultimately remembered for. There were a couple of more negative ones in the Metacritic review mm. list, but uh, most, uh, a bunch of them were in this mixed range. So I picked this Joe Leiden uh, variety. Mm. Who they mark as a 70, says the final destination is entirely predictable, right down to the deus ex machina reappearance of an erstwhile antagonist. <laughs> but the trip itself is never, never less than pleasant and often extremely funny. All right. Yeah. So the hoi polloi, the uh, just general public out there, just kind of giving their reviews, a phoenix chick. Gave it a 10. She says, I, I'm, assume, I'm assuming she, it says phoenix chick. Yep. Uh, I love this film. It is the most accurate portrayal of how things really work in a commercial kitchen that I have seen in the cinema. I love the food, the colors, the atmosphere in each town. It was cast really well, and the supporting cast really brought it together. Fantastic. I will definitely watch it again. Smiley face. The passion behind the line is just awesome to watch. This next one is from Patil. It's like Phil, but with a T. Phil. Like a pterodactyl T after the P. So, so then Phil, Phil uh, gives it a four. Don't expect great cinema here. Lame, cheesy, boring at times. A movie about Twitter, etc., first of all. And about someone rising from defeat and failure to do what he really loves to do and connects with his son. And oh yeah, a road trip movie. Feel good? Yes. But again, done in such a poor manner. Hmm. Now then there's No Nothing, who actually gave it a zero. Now their name is No Nothing, so... Yeah, no, yeah. I'm assuming this is... I don't know. Anyway, No Judgment, No Nothing, if you're listening, and I assume you are. I'm guessing, by the way, No Nothing is German. Oh. And you should read this in a German okay. accent. All right. <laughs> Pointless, boring waste of time. Never stuck an emotional cord at all. I'd rather do dishes than watch this movie. As a matter of fact, at one point, I did. I had to. The movie was killing me. Jawohl. <laughs> oh. No, nothing has an amazing accent. Yes, no, that was pretty I think spot I on. I think that's a special little section outside uh, of uh, of Cologne. Or Cone, as yeah. they say, the, the, yeah. that accent, like it was yeah. really spot on. Yeah, well, they have a lot of immigrants, yeah. and so sometimes yeah. you get uh, mixed variations. Like Irish, Pakistani, yeah, little, little Japanese. Yeah, there's little, nothing wrong with a little Pakistani. Yeah, a little French in there. Uh, so, last but not least, <gasps> Spangle. Woohoo! Spangle gives it a seven. A seven. I'm so glad to see Spangle come back the into last our reviews. Two in a row. Spangle's been here. Spangle, Spangle. male or female, you freaking yeah. rock. Please write us. Send write us, us a pokes postcard. Jump on AV. It's yeah. open and just post something that says, yeah. "I heard those idiots say my name." Yeah. Uh, Spengel says, overall, this effort from John Favreau is a heartwarming, touching, and loaded with charm. For the most part, Chef is a relatively straightforward film with comedic elements blended with good dramatic elements, which combine to produce a pretty good film. 
not world-beating by any means, but it is undoubtedly endlessly enjoyable and fun for the whole family. Now, I do not know if I can buy that Favreau dates Johansson and used to be married to Sofia Vergara here, but since the guy wrote, directed, and acted in this one, I can appreciate the dream. Ha-ha! You know everybody wants to get close to happy. Let's just say it. it you're uh, thinking it. And now I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how about some AV Facebook comments? Uh, Robert Lang says, I've heard good things about this movie. Also, I saw a show with him and some pizzeria. I think it's due to this movie. All right. Sherry M. Smith says, I love this movie. Kyle Charters, who uh, most people don't know, is actually from uh, the very far deep south. Says, I love Favreau, but I had a hell of a time staying awake through this. Maybe I need to rewatch it. But it was thoroughly meant for me. Uh, Ricky Campbell, who hails from, uh, I think, I could be wrong about this, but he is out just uh, north, a couple hours of Minnesota. Oh. And he says, yeah, I, I like this movie more than I thought I would, but I don't. I Yeah, I feel it's uh, Pantheon worthy. Uh, yeah, hey, oofta. <laughs> oofta. <laughs> I, I don't, maybe, you know what, I, I think I'm mixing him up with somebody else. Yeah, no, that, I think you're mixing him up with Ricky Martin. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. my Ricky Martin that's voice. That's your Ricky Martin voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who's this next guy? Zach Appleseed. Captain No. no. Although, uh, asterisk, maybe renamed, but we'll yeah. see. Zach Appleseed, Captain No, says, meh. Need to rewatch it, but my initial thought is no. This is just average, not Pantheon. Need to rewatch, but this is probably a yes from Captain No. Uh, I'm confused. Yeah, no. So he said meh. Right. And he's going to, yeah. But this so, is probably a yes. Here's the thing. Zach is council member. No? No. No. no he's he not. Votes. No, of course not. No, what am I thinking? No. Zach is on the council. Zach just votes in the poll like everyone. He's yeah. saying what his vote will be. He's just vo vocal about his knownness. Very, very vocal often. about his knownness. That is right. Uh, 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 this one from Martin Mills. Martin Mills. He says, it's the foundation of so many modern films. Wait, no, I forgot to delete. That's from last time's Seven Samurai. Oh, that was Seven Samurai. Yeah, no, I apologize. Yeah, that's the wrong one. No. Uh, Alicio Basquale says, yes. Yes. You know, here's the thing. Just really hits it right on the head, like without, like, yeah. without being too wordy. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, yes. He's known for not being wordy. Not wordy. Not even. And uh, a and, little... and and Paul Roman. What Paul Roman say? Uh, Paul Roman, and he has a just a rich, deep voice. Very like, deep. Like like and uh, he he he, he sounds like if you ever hear like the movie guy. Yeah. Uh, that's like Paul, the one that's Paul like Roman. in a yeah. world. Paul Roman says, It's a good movie, but we've yet to see if it can stand the test of time. Also, according to the logic of this movie, Schlubby Favreau can get Scarjo with a grilled cheese. I'm Schlubby. I make killer grilled cheeses. Where's my Scarlet? So because I can't get Scarlet Johansson, Chef can't get Pantheon. I'm thinking that's a no from yeah. Mr. Paul. That is so. I, I've practiced that voice for Paul. Oh, you know, like, I, I actually feel like thought that you subbed for Paul. Yeah, like you wondered if Paul had at the, shown at the up. Beginning of John Dick, I thought yeah. that, that was your voice there <laughs> announcing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about how the movie did. Okay. So, uh, as I said, this was released in, in 2014. Chef, uh, um, domestic gross was 31.4 million dollars worldwide. 
48.4, had a production budget of 11 million. So financially successful, right? Yep. We have our own, our very own index. If you're new to AV Companion, we have our very own index called the Butts End Seats Index. Trademark. And uh, what we do is we look at, uh, we do a little math with the average ticket price the year a movie was released and it's, and it's domestic gross. And we just figure out basically how many butts were in the chairs. Yeah. Right. So at 31.4 million domestic gross and the average ticket price in 2014 was $8.17. That comes down to a 3.8 million butts in seats index and the uh the average ticket price is drawn from a list from boxofficemojo.com that's right so like you did not pay us to say that no no not no. even a little but if you're interested please go visit boxofficemojo.com box all right so some comparisons comparisons so i i, I picked i picked a few movies here to compare sure uh let me just hit, hit the movies real quick i picked iron man elf those are both favreau films uh, uh, that were yeah successful-ish, you know, whatever. Uh, Burnt, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, but it's another movie, yep. a chef movie. Uh, you had suggested it, and I went really looked at it. I think that's a great selection. And then I also picked another road trip kind of buddy family movie, National Lampoon's Vacation. I want to compare Chef to this to this list. So, and just uh, as a reminder, yes. that the Butts and Seat Index puts this at 3.8 million for chef. Yes. 3.8 million butts and seats. And here's the thing, one more thing about the butts and seats index because we normalize it against the average ticket price, it puts things in at least a comparable yeah, uh, uh comparison here. Yeah. In a good comparison. All right. So, chef, 3.8 million butts and seats index. Iron Man uh, came out in May 2008. It's a 2-hour movie also by Favreau, like I said, domestic gross 318.6 million. Uh, it did globally do 585. So oh. it, it did it did okay. Uh, it had a production budget of 140 million uh, estimated. The average ticket price in 2008 was $7.18, which does it a little uh, butts and seats calculation of 44.4 million. That is a lot of butts and Lots seats. Of butts in those seats. Not as much as uh, Avengers Endgame that we looked at which had 244 Four million. Yeah, yeah. I think that was its BSI. Yeah. It did like one quintillion bajillion yeah. dollars yeah, yeah. in domestic gross. Okay, Elf, uh, two thousand three release, an hour and a half movie by Favreau as well. A lot of people are familiar with Elf. It's a big favorite in my family. Domestic gross was one hundred seventy four and a half million. You know, considering what a kind of a I would say almost like a small comedy, Will Ferrell comedy that this was, one hundred seventy four point six million was. Fabulous performance, but worldwide, two hundred twenty-one million, almost a quarter of a billion dollars, with a production budget of thirty-three million. Thirty-three million dollars, yeah, almost it, no special it, effects it in made the movie. A lot of money, made a ton of money. Average ticket price in two thousand three was six bucks and three cents for a BSI of twenty-nine million domestically. About seven times more than Chef. Seven times, yeah. Chef three point eight. This was twenty-nine. All right, Burnt uh, came out in 2015, the year after Chef. It's a 101-minute movie, a little shorter, directed by John Wells. Its domestic gross was 13.6 million worldwide. It did better, almost tri triple that, 36 million. Production budget of 20 million. Uh, average ticket price in 2015 of $8.43. So its BSI was 1.6 million. Yeah, and the little fun fact about Burnt. 
uh, which stars Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. And it's from the it's not not as much of a comedy. It's much more of a drama. But Sony Pictures. By the way, also a Marvel guy. Yeah, Sony Pictures uh, started development in 2007, and also had named that movie Chef. Oh. Uh, and uh, Sony served Favreau's production with a cease and desist, complained to the MPAA, and threatened legal action. In the end, Favreau's film ended up releasing the film in 2014. With the title Chef, while Sony changed their picture's name to Adam Jones and later again to Burnt, releasing it in 2015. So actually, these two comparisons, pretty good comparison. Yeah, yeah. So about twice uh, twice as many mm. butts and seats for Chef. More, to almost two and a half. But Chef also had John Favreau. Yep, not Bradley Cooper. Yep. Uh, all right, National Lampoon's Vacation. Came out in uh, July of 1983. It's directed by Harold Ramis. It's a 98-minute, about an hour-and-a-half movie. Domestic gross was $61.4 million. Its worldwide gross was $61.4 million. Apparently it wasn't distributed. Yeah, and nobody else saw it. Nobody else got it, not in 1983. Production budget was $15 million, so it quadrupled its budget. Average ticket price in 1983 was $3.15, so its BSI was $19.5 million respectable yeah yeah very much also a family road trip movie yeah so in in uh the 3.8 million for chef butts and seat index mm. does not indicate a failure of the movie mm. because it was really put together as much more of an indie film mm-hmm. and, and it was not set as a blockbuster no. like, like uh, some of the other ones that are out there a little bit less than uh, Fight Club at the five million Fight Club standard butts right. and seat index. So, right. yeah, all right. So that's how it performed. <clears throat> so before we move on to uh, the next thing, yeah, the, uh, that we've got, uh, we oh. usually take pause during this time because we've uh, we There's often some, have some stuff on the table. There's some things on the table here from some council members, and uh, in addition to that, Mister Miggity Mac, yes. That I brought along some purple haze raspberry lager. Uh, this is from the Abita Brewing Company, which is brewed out in near New Orleans. Oh, already the so purple haze. So I saw haze. this and one of the one of the raspberry plot points of the movie. It's not a twist off. So you're gonna need to use. Well, I was just gonna rip my fingers open on it. Use my little oh, can opener. My there. friend always is so a prepared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the uh, New Orleans is one of the plot points. Yeah, they, they stopped by. Uh, they're in New Orleans. Because he a... promised his kid he was going to go there, and then it hands, ends up that they do go there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I have, uh, I've seen the, I, I didn't go in, but I saw the Abita Brewing Company. Because uh, w- my family went to this uh, crazy crocodile uh world of esoteric artwork that's like it's a okay. it's, it's I, I can't remember the name of it but it's out in new orleans and it's just like this this guy has this wackadoo uh like museum of nonsense uh, and he's got like the half half crocodile half person sewn together right, and, right yeah right, yeah right, right, so right. it's got all that sort of wacky stuff and it's got a wall that's like wallpapered in bottle caps you know like that kind of place Got so, it. Uh, any, in any case, we've got, we've got two bags. bags. One has my name, says Miggity Miggity Mac. Yes. The other one, I'm sure, says Triple D. Yes, it does. Dr. It Diamond. Does. And it does. they are stapled shut. Yeah. 
Well, last time, I, and I don't mean to say anything uh, against uh, any of the council members. No, but, uh, we did not get a thing last from, time from Rachel. So there's well, something on the. You table. mean the last time Rachel nominated last something. year? Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, okay. So we're going to open these. Up. Not that not that they are obligated to send us bribes. No. Wait. Yeah. These are definitely bribes from oh, the council right. members, so that we say no. Nice they're not stuff. obligated. Absolutely not. We not. Will, we are going to be honest about the movie any either we, way. Yeah. But what we got here? We do have some stuff. There's a note. And uh, what is yours? From say? Rachel, it says, Doug, please enjoy your nomination gift. And I have a nice pair of parquet socks, ah! men's fun crew socks with uh, chef implements on the socks. My note is totally different than yours. Yeah, it, it says, says Gary, you're so much better than Doug. <laughs> please enjoy your nomination. Oh, no, it's exactly the same as yours. Yeah. However, my socks also have yeah. chef stuff. Yeah. There's like a hat with a mustache and a flipper. What do you call this thing? The spatulator. Spatulator and a, 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 a mixelator there. Oh, yeah. yeah. A, a, a wooden butt specker. That's a butt that's yeah. a thing. And then a, a, a head crusher. One of those roly dudes. Roly polies. Yeah. These are, these are awesome socks. Thank you, Rachel. These are very much appreciated. Yes. Thank you very I much. Absolutely, Rachel. wear them shuffling around my house, uh, especially I'm going on vacation, so we'll, we'll do it then. All right, thank you, Rachel. That is so nice. All right, let's get into a deep dig for the nomination. Uh, Rachel, speaking of Rachel, she nominated this movie, and her nomination reads as followed: I, Rachel Plantinga, would like to nominate Chef for Pantheon Review. Okay, so bear with me here. This movie is not Seven Samurai or Psycho. It is not Shawshank Redemption or Star Wars. Instead, it is fun and lighthearted while also being a touching passion project. Chef was produced and directed by Jon Favreau and was released in 2014, coming off the success of many huge movies. We're talking, we're talking Marvel Universe and yeah. just a bunch of stuff. Elf Favreau wanted to do something simple from the heart, so he teamed up with his personal friend Roy Choi and created. Chef, a movie about friendships, love, passion, and food. Anyone who knows me knows that I love three things. Paranormal shit, gardening. That's Rachel's words, by the way. Yeah, no, we have to read her words. Her words. Yeah. Ra paranormal shit, garden. Actually, she says paranormal shit, gardening, and culinary culture. So, one of the things I enjoy most about the movie is the love you can feel in every part of it. I can feel that Favreau loves what he's doing. He... Yeah, no, no, yeah, loves yeah. to cook. We, because we're PG-13, Rachel. <laughs> I only know? get to say that once, Rachel. Yeah, we're, we're going to save that for a special occasion. And he loves the people he's working with, and it shows. The story is loosely based on how Korean chef Roy Choi got, got started in the food truck industry, and Favreau actually worked closely with him to learn, to learn techniques in the kitchen, which continues to be a passion for John Favreau. Nothing makes me happier than seeing someone throw themselves into something they love. The music is also the effing bomb, too. Anyway. She goes on to say, Chef isn't some epic film that'll blow your socks off. It probably won't change your life or the way you view modern cinema, but I think you'll have a lot of fun watching it. It is smart, well-written, the acting is perfection, the music's great. I hope it'll make everyone think more about their food and their passions after watching. Plus, you'll see a lot of fun cameos and some familiar faces, so grab a Cuban sandwich and a beer, 
then sit back and enjoy. And on the very end, she says, throw another... F what is this thing? No, she doesn't say that. All right. So, she clearly enjoyed the movie. She is well aware that she's not nominating Schindler's List here. No. And when you watch this movie, you can feel some of the same things. We mentioned it briefly earlier, but like I enjoyed watching this movie. Yeah. I enjoyed watching it very much. So, but I, we I are sitting it. back, yeah. and we did grab a beer, Rachel. We grabbed a, a little cerveza. There you go. Mmm. Mm. Purple passion. Haze. Purple haze. Sorry. Purple passion is a different drink. Yes. All right. So, uh, speaking of grabbing a Cuban sandwich, right after this nomination came out, um, the Bradster, uh, the the uh, incredible Brad, uh, asked us a question if we knew where he can get a real Cuban. Yeah. And then a, a little, little... He meant the sandwich. Yeah, and then a, a couple of people said some, some this and that on mm -hmm, the mm -hmm, Facebook. Mm -hmm. And he went down to Digby's. Digby's right here in Lafayette, Digby, Indiana. Digby's Patio and Bar. Yes, I'm and, sure it was, yeah. And they said it was fabulous. They enjoyed it. They yeah. loved it. Digby's is located on the corner of 4th Street and Main Street, downtown Lafayette. Right Digby's downtown. did not tell us to say this, but... No. In if uh, if you if you're looking for a place to go in Lafayette, go ahead and try Digby's. Especially, sorry, <laughs> my beer just came back and said hello. Hello. <laughs> Especially if you want a Cuban, because yes. apparently they make a good one. All right. And so they got an awesome. Uh, they they have they they have this. I haven't had it yet, but I want to. Okay. They don't have cheese sticks. They have cheese bricks. It is a giant brick of cheese that they fry. Oh, all right. And I, it's like a cheese stick, yeah. but more. Yeah, it's like they took the government cheese and yeah. breaded it and fried it. I yeah. mean, it's better cheese than that, but that's the size of shape. good cheese. Like, like, if you would imagine, what's that block you'd get? Velveeta. Velveeta. You'd Velveeta and like it's probably bread, better cheese than bread Velveeta. that baby. Well, yeah. like, but I'm talking about that size but of shape. But you take your block of government, government cheese. Government cheese. You bread it, you roll it, you, you make sure it's good and ready to go. You drop that in the fryer, except good cheese. And boom, cheese block. I miss government cheese. That my grandparents had it all the time. We buy Velveeta and we call it government cheese because it reminds this us was, this of was, government cheese. They had cheddar. Like I think you could choose between like American and cheddar. They, they also had, had pre-sliced. Yeah. yeah, but they had a block uh -huh. of just beautiful cheddar. I don't yeah. know where it came from. The government. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> so of course, I mean, it's government <laughs> cheese. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's talk about this movie. So, Chef, what are uh, what is unique about this film? So, uh, one of the things that I would say that makes this a unique nomination is that it is light. It is a light-hearted comedy, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, the, it like, doesn't take itself seriously either. No, it it, uh, it is uh, so. But I, I would say that is that's one thing that. Um, not a lot of pantheon movies are going to fall into that category. Mm. Comedies, com like things that are comedies, or this is kind of like a dramedy, mm -hmm. you know, com comedy right. drama. Right. Because comedy is so subjective that it's it, it's kind of a hard it's a hard thing to to get people to agree on whether or not they like it. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. Another uniqueness of this film is that it's a it's a cooking it's a chef co chef and cooking film which is kind of a subgenre of film films and there's there's a there's a, a a number of films in that genre but it is 
not really overwrought with exemplars mm-hmm. of like right. oh that's the best movie ever right. you might think a rat ratatouille right you might think like you might have watched julian Bar- julia and julia julia and julia you might have watched burnt you might have watched uh, like some of the older ones that aren't quite like chef movies but fried green tomatoes uh, but no and, reservations is a chef no movie. Re- no reservations and that's a, that that's a movie that i remember watching i remember enjoying watching it yeah and i w- i actually went back and kind of looked to see if there was any older chef movies and right. I really couldn't find nothing really uh, on a surface level search right there's somebody who's listening to this probably has well, has, has, 20 a, has 20 things that you could say well, and when if you the do, link for this show comes up let yeah, us know just throw it in there yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah a, a light hearted comedy and also uh, it's unique in that it's a cooking film yeah alright uh, any other uniquenesses that you would see no I mean I mean uh, other than this isn't the kind of character that we normally see from John Favreau, at least not not recently. So you know, someone's like, "Oh, it's a John Favreau film." Uh, you know, it's, it was hard to when I when I when I heard it's a John Favreau film, I thought it's an action movie, and then I realized, no, no, it's, yeah, he's wrote and directed, he's in it. I thought, oh, what does that mean? Yeah, what is that like? Like if someone says it's a Will Ferrell movie, right? Like like a Eurovision. You go okay. I know. I know exactly what that means. I know everything about that movie. I, know, and I haven't I, watched it yet. Yeah. No, I mean I have watched it, but yeah. when I heard about it, I thought, yeah, no, I know what that means. When someone says it's a Tom Cruise action flick, you're yeah. like, Bing, got it, no problem. Got it. Yep. Yeah. The Mummy Part Seven, not the Tom Cruise, the other one. You know, you're like, okay, I know what's happening, right? So Indiana Jones gonna put out a new movie. Oh yeah. No surprise of what's going to be in it. Yeah, you they're going to go looking for a thing. They're going to find it. And it's going to be crazy. It will be crazy. He may almost die many, many times. But he won't. But he won't. John Favreau, John Favreau's acting in the movie. And you go, oh. Is it like Swingers? Yeah. Okay. No, I, and I've seen him in a lot yeah. of movies. Is it like Made? Is it like... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What are some of the challenges of this nomination? I mean, you know, like, it, yeah, it's unique. It's different. But what's going to make some of its challenges to actually get over the hump well, and like, make it? Like, as with the uniqueness, the uniqueness is the challenge on the fact that it's a comedy. Yeah. And it's lighthearted. It's not heavy drama. So people are going to watch this and they might not identify with it. They might not, might not click with it. Yeah, they didn't pick up really any heavy themes. Yeah. Like, it didn't, like, pick up uh, 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 absentee fathers or or anything specifically and make that, like, a theme of the movie that, that you know... Yeah. Yes, he was admitted that he had not been the most attentive father, but even his ex-wife had said he wasn't a bad father. He just wasn't around as much. And he yeah. was a little kind of distracted with his yeah. passions. And the uh, the... Because the story is lighthearted, some might see that as shallow sure. or thin. Yeah. Especially since it has a storybook ending. Like it's a. It does. In the in the true sense of a comedy, where a comedy ends in a wedding, this movie ends in a wedding. In a wedding in a new rest. Yeah, without ruining the movie, in a wedding in a well, brand new restaurant with major successes. Yeah. Everybody's smiling because all the good things happened. Yep. Nobody lost except. For Scarlett Johansson. Oh, well, true. But who disappeared halfway through the movie? Uh, you know, but you know, you saw her in the movie. She has no problem grabbing the next branch. I'm yeah. just saying she, that character was going to have any problem finding somebody new. She was, yeah, she was something. So, 
some people might think like like the thinness of the story, the mm. the, the happiness of the ending, the um, the comedy itself, right? And um, one of the things that some people might see as a positive, there there is a looseness to the dialogue. Yeah, the like. Um, like you had said before, that it, it felt like... I wonder how much of this was improv. Improv, yeah. Like, for me, as I was watching it, I was like, there's parts of this that feel like a long-form long long improv show yeah. where they're just kind of making it up, and because of that, that it lacks the crispness that you would expect in dialogue from a movie. Yes, and you know, uh, if, if, if anyone's familiar with long-form improv, there's sort of, like, major beats that you hit uh, periodically, some some things uh, there. I wouldn't say tropes or stereotypes, but kinda that you hit along the way. And this movie tends to hit those. Bing, bing, yeah. bing. You know, uh, the son the son uh, has been talking about a thing for the first third of the movie, and suddenly he pays attention to what the thing is, and then that thing ends up being, you know, the spark that ignites his new business because all of a sudden he's like, wait, what is this? The Twitter thing, right? Yeah. They do the tweeting, the tweets of the... Yep, the tweets. What's, what's the... Twi- the Twitters. The Twitters. They do... They Twitters a lot in this movie. So yep. much of the Twitters. So many Twitters. Okay. Um, we've talked about some insights already. I have another thing to add on. Yeah, In Go terms of that. insights, and this doubles back on the chef thing. One of the things that I appreciated about this movie was... And any sort of movie where um, an actor or somebody who is... Um, Somebody who's not, like, this is an actor, not a chef. But obviously, you could tell John Chavro put in the paces, put in his paces to learn how to be in a kitchen. Yeah. You know, and you could tell by the way he was cutting things, by the way he was looking at things, yeah. by the way he was moving around and talking. And some of the reviews in other places hit on this by saying, this movie nailed the culture, uh, yeah. kitchen culture. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there might have been some things where some front, weird stuff, Dustin like, Hoffman's front of the house wouldn't have that same relationship no. with the with the chef in the back. No, and he wouldn't be able to get food permits in a day, and he wouldn't be able to have his 10-year-old son. He would have no, to be at least 14 to work in the truck. Against, it's the, against law. the law. The, the rules. The law. Well, but that's part of getting the food permit, you know. Yeah. But the point is, uh, you know, there's some things. There's a scene where they're supposed to be in, in Florida. Uh, loading the truck, but you can see mountains in the background. Yeah. Now I've been to Florida a time or two. I think you might have lived there. I don't recall mountains. You know where there are mountains? Not in Florida. A lot of places that are not Florida. Yeah. yeah. Like California is one of them. I was just watching an episode of um, uh, Agents of Shield. Okay. From season six because season seven came out, and I was like, oh, I wonder we should pick that up. And then I realized I missed all of season six. Oh. And in the first episode. That they that they show up, uh, and they say, "Oh, we uh, we've got to go to the Museum of Natural History in Muncie, Indiana." In Muncie, Indiana. So they go, and I'm like, "There's this huge, giant Greco-Roman structure, <laughs> and these skyscrapers next to it." And then after, as they're panning away, as cars are driving away, there's not only palm trees, but there's mountains. <laughs> And my daughter goes to Ball State. I was like, hey, Liz, have you ever gone here? And she was like, no. No. I was like, have you ever gone to those mountains? Do you ever just lay out in the sun under those palm trees? In Muncie, Indiana? Yeah. No. Yeah, wow. Anywho. Yeah, no, there was one other insight that I think a couple of the critics had said this, uh, and they may have been guessing at the time, and Favreau has denied it, but... 
some of them, some some critics insist that this movie is a, a direct comparison to him yeah. and his uh, his career, and he's like, you know, because uh, there was a chef and he was doing somebody else's work, but he was and he, he was making money and it was all big. Yeah. But people were saying, oh, yet another one of those from yeah. the guy, yeah, which is what happens in the movie. And then he had, and then he, he had a breakaway, like a breakaway, and then he went and did the little tiny little thing, food truck in this case, but like make chef. Uh, yeah. For Favreau, and and it, and it reignited his love for his craft. And he said, "No, no, that's not the case." He said, "That's not the case." But I, but whether that's but the case the or not, I like the comparison. Valid. Yeah, I like the comparison. Yeah. It's right on. So that, I think that's a good insight, even if that may not be the factual uh, case. All right, let's do some breakdown standout moments. We've hit a few of these. Yep. Uh, but casting and acting, what were your uh, standout moments? Okay, so for me, acting. Um, I like John Favreau. I'm not. I'm not sure that um, he's he is incredibly charming. Yep. Disarmingly charming. Yes, he is. But at the same time, that I and I I can't even put my finger on exactly what it is. But there's there's an element to it where I'm like I'm not sure that he. I I feel like he's better in the side roles where he's supporting rather than a main. Not that not that he did a horrible job. It's no. just like I didn't watch this and go, oh, that was a that was a revelation. Well, let me ask you this: If you were to take the scene where he's screaming at the food critic, uh, "This hurts people!" Yes, he said he, he threw some stuff. That if you scene, just took that scene out and you said to your just watch that scene by itself, would you be like, "That's a believable scene"? That is a believable scene. For me, where yeah. I watched that one, I'm like, oh, that was cool. He was expressing something that people just don't talk about. Yeah. It's the crap that's said to them on yeah. the internet about, you know, the nameless, faceless, yeah. uh, uh, bullying and name calling, whatever. So uh, we mentioned John Leguizamo. He's yeah. my favorite character. In I the movie. really liked him. You know who my number two was? Who was that? The kid MJ. I oh, really yeah. liked oh, him yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought he was very believable, he yeah. was very reserved. The character, it was written this way, but the actor pulled it off very well. Just tolerated being sort of relegated to... He was just kind of there. To second class, yeah. you know, oh, okay, you gotta you gotta do your thing to take me out to see a movie, you know. But uh, then just gently, gently, gently inserted his, his self into his father's attention like a full-grown adult, uh, mature, uh, emotionally mature person would. But here's a 10-year-old. I'll say this for the movie that while it's fun to see the cameos, yeah. the oh, cameos yeah. drew me out of the movie because mm. it. I never was able to watch the movie. Whenever the cameos would show up, I kept being reminded that I was watching a movie. You know what was wrong? For, what, what Not wrong, but what the cameos did for me after the second or third one, when a new person came on, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, helps fund him and get him in his first truck. That's also... Uh, Favreau's ex-wife's other ex-husband. Yes. But anyway, he goes in to meet RDJ, and 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 here I am, and I'm like, wait, is this just a cameo by Robert Downey Jr. or is like I had to take a moment and think, whoop. Yeah. Like, and it's not that the people did a bad job. No. It was just there was so many of these cameos. Yeah. Kind of was like, oh, oh yeah, he's calling in another favor. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and the other piece about the cameos and then just the star-studded cast frankly you know a lot of big names in there Dustin Hoffman and so on but was uh, I almost for a second thought they were going to do a uh, Ocean's 13 I think where uh, uh, um, uh, 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 a red-haired actress a pretty woman 
Julia Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts' character plays Julia Roberts, the actor, to pull off a thing. And when that happened in that movie, I was like, okay, yeah, all right. But I thought they were going to do something like that. Yeah. Like, Like Robert Downey Jr. was actually going to be Robert Downey Jr. or something. Anyway, I was confused. But... But I understood what he was doing. Yeah. But even so, I think that the you know the acting and casting. Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man. Yeah, he, he was that character, and I just watched him in. Uh, we just both watched him in um, uh, Zodiac. Yeah, uh, and he was the same Robert yeah. Downey Jr. We love it. It's and I, good, and, and I don't think anybody did a bad job. No, in the film. Nope. No. Nope. I do agree with the one with the one critic Ebert who said that uh, <laughs> who said that his his wife uh, was was using her normal inside voice for yes. once, which is <laughs> pretty funny. But uh, okay, so acting and casting. How about directing and editing? Um, passable. Like yeah. the uh, like, there were, um, and this will bleed into cinematography as well. Mm. But there, I liked the I liked how they treated the food. Okay. The directing of how they treated the food and the cooking and the nice close-up shots. Did you watch the special thing at the end? I yet? did the, not. The deleted scenes. So there's a scene where uh, Joy is teaching him how to make that grilled cheese. Oh, yeah. No, thing. I saw that. Push it down. During the credits, I think. Yeah. Push you, it in the butter and you look. And, and, then, look yeah. and you look. Yeah. And those are exactly what he did yes. in the movie. And uh, uh, there was a rumor, I think, that in some of the scenes in the movie where they cut to just his hands manipulating this grill, he was just simply making grilled cheese for his son. But to him, there's no simply making food, right? That there was a, a scene where they cut to just his hands, and the rumor was that those were actually the choice hands. hands, but they were not. They were his. Anyway, but you could see him then repeat all the actions, and they were showing something about, like, here's how we cut. And so you, know, you watch a chef cut, it's like they've, they've chopped up celery 6,000 times, yeah. right? And he did it like he'd done it 6,000 times. Well, so if, if you find out, if you look at any of the trivia, Choi actually would like, when he was training with him, Choi would just say, oh, okay, there's a 20-pound bag of fill-in-the-blank over there. Cut it up. I need half of it diced and half of it, you know, yeah. whatever. Julienne. So then he would, like, he would have to go like do he's working for in the two kitchen. and a half hours. Yeah. So he, he trained him, and he really did uh, do well with that. But but I was, we're talking about directing. The cutting between those things and the editing i felt uh when i saw that the editor same one guy that did now you see me it clicked it clicked because it felt like it was almost edited in the same way like a magic show a little bit but but what i'm saying is like uh, the the cutting to the close of the hands and then back again yeah. and then the and then the scene like a, a camera that is fixed for a long time in a scene and then starts to move around uh like the kitchen or the dining room or the whatever yeah. it was those things were the same things that you saw in that movie. The in terms of directing, that some of the things in terms of pacing, like the driving shots, oh, again could have been cut down, and Lord. that would have cut some of the time on the movie. I gotta admit, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, I thought was dragging on too long until it finally started to get funny, and it's when John Leguizamo and and uh, and, and uh, Favreau were driving and singing. Um, Oh yeah, sexual healing. Sexual healing to an was, Oompa Boompa. It was a like Cuban a Cuban band. version. Yep, uh, and you can, by the way, on YouTube, you can go find the the uh, sexual healing from Chef. It's an amazing uh, song. But they're singing it like they're singing it with Marvin Gaye backing them, but the music behind them is this Cuban horn band, and I, I was like, why is this scene going? And then it dawned on me. 
while you could see the inside of the truck and you could see Favreau driving and the other two, uh, the, the young man and the, the back, the, 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 it's the expression on the boy's face. Yeah, who eventually rolls his eyes. Eventually, and then smiles. Yeah. And if he knew the lyrics, he'd have been singing with him. But yeah, that was uh, that was the point of the scene. It was almost like they won him over slowly. Yeah. It was one of my favorite scenes in the movie, actually. Yeah. Okay. Other than watching them go in and buy beignets. Yes. Oh, I've been at Cafe Du Monde. I was at Cafe Du Monde and I watched I was sitting next to a producer of the uh, I think it's HBO show Treme. Treme. They were filming Treme at Cafe Du Monde mm-hmm. and he died while I was he was sitting next to me. I gotta tell you, being was, in your presence he, is an amazing experience. Literally I could I could have reached out and touched his if shoulder known he was while sick. we were sitting there. Yeah. He had a brain aneurysm oh. and died and then everybody rushed and we got kicked out of the table right, and right, my right. kids were there and for them this nah, is no, like no, no, no. what was going on yeah, out. yeah it was crazy yeah but i have watched them make beignets there before and when i was a kid and saw it for the first time i thought it was gross i thought why would i eat something and gone through a machine like that as an adult i watched it and i was fascinated by it and uh, i have family member family members who will for one point or another end up in uh, down in New Orleans, every few years, they always bring me back the mix. Yes, which never tastes the same as it does there at Cafe Du Monde. But I miss those beignets. It's wonderful. There, anyway, they were there, and uh, the young man specifically wanted to go to New Orleans for one reason: beignets. Yep, that's why he wanted to. And go. And they got them. They got donuts. All Screenplay right. and story. Okay, so uh, we mentioned already that I kind of felt like a chunk of the of the script was was improv. Yeah, um, which is fine. I'm totally okay with that. But uh, it felt like it felt like they spent more time on that than maybe getting the story to go forward. And the story again, while no, I didn't, I didn't hate it. It was just it was a bit flat because mm. like you kind of knew all the motions mm-hmm. and nothing really happened bad. No, no, or good. Yeah. Like, what was you know the thing was that there was the. Uh, the um, the challenge for the characters was when he gets mad and freaks out and loses his job. Like, that was the big traumatic event. Yeah. That was the catalyst for the rest of the movie. But it wasn't that traumatic. No. It was like you were watching him driving a million miles an hour towards a brick wall, and by gosh, he hit it. Yeah. And then at the end, sort of when you're watching, when I'm watching a, a, a story unfold, mm-hmm. and I kind of think of these five. Mm-hmm motions of this this the the, the in liter, literary uh in literary studies the fry tags pyramid exposition growing action climax uh falling action which is like the fight scene and the yeah. resolution that you you have this arc um and right after that fourth in that fourth movement to the end before the resolution there's always no. this moment where um, like it's kind of in this climax to when after the climax happens and you get into the fight scene, usually you have a moment where almost all is lost. Right. And then you come back. And then it's you the, come back. You know, it's the plane. Yeah. Disappears. In 2012, disappears into the smoke. And you're like, oh, they died. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Well, they come. Exactly. There was n- never one of those moments. Nope. It was driving across country. Success, 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 success. You got funded. 
Major success. Yeah, and the only little moment, and it was just so brief, where he was telling his kid, he was like, hey, I'm going to have to work a lot in the truck, and you can't work with me. Yeah. Because you're going to have to do school. Yeah, and the and kid then, was like, like a minute later, he's like, no, you can ah. work with me. He literally, and, the kid got inside, yeah. his phone rang, and dad says, oh, yeah, you can work with me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, we're on the same page with that one. Yeah, cinematography and locations. Uh, while I thought they did a really good job of, you know, cinematography as far, especially in the cooking scenes, the food truck scenes, and the kitchen scenes, the outdoor scenes were such a mixed bag for me. With the exception of New Orleans, they could have shot all the whole thing in California. Miami was cool as well. Yeah, Been to Miami, and then uh, I mean, even the you know the you yeah. know the the kitchen place like Charlie's Kitchen Supplies or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That actually only has one location in L.A. I yeah. don't know. It's like, it's okay for the storyline. It's like the Museum of Science and Industry in Muncie, Indiana. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, yeah. But, anyway. So, it's okay. But the, uh, they did a passable job with cinematography for me. And I uh, the, the I liked the location shots that they okay. used. Uh, that The establishing shots. And New Orleans was probably the high point. Well, and that's where a ton, other than the street they did there in uh, Houston, I think, with the barbecue place, which is actually in Houston and is sold out by noon every day. Um, but uh, other than that one, uh, most of the street scenes and stuff they did could have been almost anywhere along the southern coast of the U.S. Because it was like, you know, uh, people on roller skates and swimsuits on the sidewalks. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, the score now. For me... I yeah. loved the score, but having lived in Orlando for a year and having Cuban friends, mm -hmm. and I loved listening to, like, that I music did. brought me back, but that was, like, a I very really personal it. thing for me. I really enjoyed the music. A lot of it was either remakes or, or recuts and edits of music from when I was much younger. I mean, yeah. some of that stuff is 70s and 80s stuff. Sexual Healing, I think, is a 1960s song. Yeah. But uh, so I, I was listening to these songs and I was just like, yeah, but it makes sense also. Favreau is my age, almost exactly my yep. age. And so he's going to pick the music that makes him feel, you know, and so it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. I, I It makes sense why you and I enjoyed the score. But there's a selection of songs in there that were clearly of the same uh, time frame and feeling, but filler. Yes, and then there were those major hit points: sexual yep. healing, the the um, I like it like that, the uh, C R E A M. Uh, I can't remember the rest of the, the title of that song, but that's one of those songs that everybody's heard that song but didn't know that was its name. You know what I'm talking yes. about? One of those, and so those things were great. I did enjoy the score. I would actually give the score the score. Uh, I mean, every every movie has some filler, right? So I would, if I was going to rate score, I'd give it a four nine. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was just really good. Other people might not care for it, but it just right. hit me the right way. Right. How about special effects and notables? Uh, special effects that I would probably... Cla like Because there's not really any special effects out in here that I would... Cla I would use this for the the film... The food shots. The okay. food, food porn shots sure. that yeah. were in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I thought that they did a nice job with that. And I think that also that I liked the juxtaposition of the critic getting the same meal and what was maybe cool the first time around when you see it again, that it loses all its luster. All its luster. Yeah. You know, uh, I was thinking about special effects in this movie this morning and I thought, you know, the only special effect, and this is on the, 
the line that you just said. But to be specific, the only special effect that I can think of is the fact, and you could call it a practical effect. Favreau practiced the movements to be a chef so many times as a method actor that he literally became a chef. Like, he could do all those things. Yes. He was physically capable of it's doing kind of, all those things. Like watching a fighting film where you yep. say, that person trained, or that person didn't. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> where, I, like, 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 uh, like watching Taken 3, and you're like, that yeah, Liam Neeson, they just did 29 cuts yeah. to get him over that, that, yeah. that fence, because... There is no way in hell <laughs> he did that. That he did that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but but when you see when you see Thor looking like Thor, and you go, yeah. man, yeah, like he did, like that's not painted on. Yeah, he did the thing, and then he and then it makes it believable when he does like amazing physical things. And when you see that he spent three and a half years getting fat for Endgame, yeah, you believe it. You believe because it because obviously, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Just like, like Chris Pratt, like right. did his abs, yes. worked on his abs for that one shot in for Guardians of the Galaxy. Shot, <laughs> one shot. All right. So, how about this? We didn't we didn't include this, but X Factor. I <laughs> I don't feel one. Oh yeah. I watched this movie and I was like, oh okay, I liked it. My family enjoyed watching it. Sure, this is a movie that I would watch with my mom. Or my grandchild. Like, if one of my kids was like, I love cooking, I would put this movie on and we'd watch it together. But we were watching another movie and, uh, like, I watched I watched Chef with my family and uh, we watched another movie later and I can't remember the name of it now, but my wife asked, like, is this movie any better or more Pantheon than that one? And I'm like, no. And I think it's telling that I can't remember the name of that second film. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna have suggestions for you, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they'd all probably be wrong. And even if I hit the right one, would you even know? Yeah, I wouldn't know. All right. So let's talk about some awards for this movie. Yes. Uh, okay. Just to sum up, real quick, not our votes, but you've got these six categories: acting, casting, directing, editing, screenplay, story, cinematography, locations, score. Special effects, and then of course the X factor. Any of those are any of those categories fives or nearly fives? We said score. score. Anything else? Uh, no. Okay, not for me. So if acting and casting were two completely separate categories, I'd say f almost five on casting. But as acting and casting together, uh, yeah, like I a... have seen Dustin Hoffman play that character before. And Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau, and uh, John Leguizamo was a nice standout there, but um, together, nah, no. I, any so for any one of these for me that they fluctuate somewhere between a three and a half and a four. Right, not bad. Like I would recommend somebody watch this yeah. movie. Yeah, especially sure. if they like cooking. Especially, especially, yeah. All right, let's talk about some awards. Uh, for the AARP movies for grown-ups. The coveted AARP. Movies for grown-ups. Winner, best comedy. Like yep. I said, I would watch this with my mother. And it got a fan favorite at the Tribeca Film Festival Audience Award for Narrative by John Favreau. Fantastic. Yep. Right on the money. Yep. Any others? That's it. No. All right. <laughs> so... 
<laughs> Explain this next category here. Five things that would oh. never happen. So this is from, uh, I just did a little search on like, what did Chef get right and wrong? This is six things on the list. I would just yeah, like to well, I, I, I meant to write six, <laughs> but I wrote five. I'm just playing with you. Um, but they, they listed, these are things that Chef said would never happen. Would never like, happen. You'd never serve a critic the same meal twice. Which you'd he ne- does. You can't get food truck permits in, a, in days. <laughs> you can't have 10-year-olds work, 10 working on the lines. You can't have food truck pull up wherever they want with no competition. No. Uh, the, that, the fact that a food truck was just so super profitable within a day of it rolling out. <laughs> Twitter. Or that uh, the, the chef and the food critic... Would partner, partner up, up at the yeah. end, yeah. Especially after he trashed him. Yeah. Yeesh. All right, yeah. but but it gets kitchen culture. It right. gets the kitchen culture Just right. Nails it. How about a little bit of trivia here about Chef? Sure. So uh, we talked about the, this. John Favreau did his own cooking. Even the close-up shots of him doing things they were not sped up. Uh, that somebody asked him that in an interview. Did they speed up the shots to make nope. it look more professional? Nope. He just practiced the moves again and again, and his friend. Roy Choi helped him with. There is a show on Netflix if you're if if uh, if you like cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Favreau and Choi cook together on a show. Uh, the uh, which would be the a chef show. Named, yeah, yeah, the chef show. Um, this was his first non-Iron Man collaboration between Favreau and RDJ. Yeah, Mr. Robert Downey. Oliver Platt, who plays the food critic, his brother is actually a prominent food critic in New York City. Uh, and has invited Oliver on some of his restaurant visits. In the theater scene, when they're, they are watching Iron Man. Yeah, you can you hear can, it. You can hear the repulsor rays in the background. So, uh, Oliver Platt's character I mentioned, the food critic, his name is Ramsey Michelle. Yep. Uh-huh. I-, I wanted to say Michael, but I know it's Michelle. Is likely named for two famous chefs. Can you guess... Well, you have them in front of you. Yeah. Sir Gordon Ramsay. That's one of them. And, and Michel Roux Jr. Jr. Yeah, the second, not the first, because the first was a different person. Five of these cast members have also been in Marvel, Marvel-based what? films. Favreau, RDJ, Scarlett Johansson, Oliver Platt, and Bobby uh, Cannavale. Yeah, he was an Ant-Man, that's right. Uh, Sofia Vergara and John Leguizamo, both born in, in uh, Colombia, we mentioned earlier. But here's something about Sofia Vergara, the house that Chef... T- drops off and picks up his son at Sofia Vergara's house is the same house that Mitch and Cam live in in Modern Family that Vergara's uh, <laughs> on TV. That is a fun fact. All right. So voting time. Let's talk about what the council might do. Uh, I'm going to guess. I'll go first. Yes. I guess that Rachel Planigo will say yes. Well, she didn't nominate the movie, so... We'll go with that. I'm going to guess that both Brad and Kyle say no, because I just read that what? on the Facebook. Kyle said no? Yeah. That they liked the movie. Oh, okay. Right. They didn't crap on the movie. No, I mean, Brad was inspired to go find a freaking sandwich. But the line is, the uh, just because a film is great doesn't mean it's Pantheon. It just Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. How yeah. about Ryan Smith? Uh, I, I, I know Ryan well enough to know a lot of his movie categories. And that's the end of it. I haven't got to sit down with Ryan. Well, we don't know the council, yes. right? Uh, but I'm going to guess that there's not nearly enough blood, guts, and murder in this movie. I feel like you're thinking of Wayne. Oh, you're Wayne right, likes I am. the blood Gosh, and guts. It. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. My bad. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm still going to think Ryan would say no. He and Brad have common sensibilities to that. I, I will uh, just... Coll- I, I, I'm going to aggregate all the rest of them. Oh. And I'm going to guess... Even Nathan Planiga? That 
you're gonna get let's leave nathan off because okay. you know marital vows and everything uh, they, they don't well, always vote together no they don't they no, don't always they vote together don't. i think nathan even was uh you know i feel like this movie uh and and we can just look at the facebook poll which doesn't huh. happen very often but it has 30 people said they haven't seen it right. 16 people have said said no right 10 people have said yes usually the facebook poll skews five yeses to one no also if they haven't seen it are very high it's usually yes the yeses take it because the people who said no like, like who might say no didn't see it yeah you know but I mean? in this case the no's are outweighing it yeah um i i feel like that this time around is that we're looking at like uh, a fun a, good movie that's not gonna make yeah, so maybe like a one out of eleven type scenario for this one. <gasps> uh, to, to tell you the truth, I honestly think Rachel's going to get two or three yeses on sure. this nomination. But I don't think this is going to make Pantheon. No, I don't think so. But I tell you something: she started off her nomination saying, "I know this is not the classic, right?" I'm yep. paraphrasing, but and so she's aware that she wasn't going to, you know, I'm sure she's aware that she wasn't going to have this eleven to nothing vote. You know, it's not that kind of movie. Uh, but, you know, she felt like she had a chance. You and I made a nomination just like that. We thought, Ooh. hey, this may not be your classic Pantheon nomination, but look at all the good qualities it has. And, uh, you know. And for me, uh, yesterday, as I was trying to get in the mood and the mindset for watching this film, right, right. like, I watched this film and then I was like, okay, I want I want some points of comparison. So I watched a whole bunch of cooking movies and shows. Like Burnt. I watched Burnt, which... Um, I really liked. Oh, it didn't get it didn't get like great critical response. You want to nominate that one for Pantheon? I'm not going to nominate it for Pantheon, okay. but I think that I liked it. Oh wait, you and I don't um, get to nominate. Movies. I think I liked it, not unless they ask special. Yeah, that's true. I, I think that I liked it a little bit better than I liked Chef. Oh, I also watched Ratatouille, and I love Ratatouille. I think Ratatouille is a like. If somebody vote like nominated for that for Pantheon, it may make it. It might make it. Here's the thing about Ratatouille. I watched it when the kids were little when it came out, and I didn't watch it for a few years. And someone said, "Oh, we're watching. We're, we're going to watch Ratatouille tonight." And I, would, would, you know, we were visiting family, and I thought to myself, uh, "I don't think that movie holds it holds up over time." You know, it's one of those where you yeah. watched it, it was great. You watched it again later, and you're like, eh. "No, holds up completely." It really does. Oh man, such a good movie. Uh, and I watched uh, a documentary on Julia Childs. Uh, pretty fantastic. Did you watch I, Julie and Julia? I did. I want. I did not watch that this time around, but I have seen it and I liked it. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. also watched the documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which was pretty cool. Ah. Uh, I'm not sure it's necessarily pantheon worthy, but it's like this, the most fa the best sushi chef in Tokyo. Okay. Okay. And, I think this is an obscure movie, but there's a movie called Sushi Girl. It's about a thick New Yorker who goes to Japan to learn, and I believe the storyline is somehow she kind of gets stuck there, works a long time in a sushi bar, and then comes back to New York and opens her own. Really? Yes. I'm going to have to check that sushi out. Sushi Girl. When I saw the title, I thought, I better wait till my wife goes to bed to watch this one, because I wasn't <laughs> sure what was going to happen. But it was a total shocker. It was a good movie for a whole different reason. So... uh 
all that said, I do appreciate this nomination I because I hadn't seen Chef, and it also allowed me to check out some other films that I hadn't hadn't seen. And it made me take a second look back at John Favreau and what he has done and where he is, because for a long time I was like, "That's the guy." That kind of like meathead from All in the Family. You saw him in things and then you didn't see him in things because he was behind the camera. And then you started seeing him in things again, right? Yeah. And, uh, he's but, but all it's more over than, the place. He's more than that. Yeah. He's a lot of things. All right. Any final thoughts? Well, so if it comes down to it, how are you going to vote on this one? I'm going to vote no this time, but respectfully, uh, I actually really appreciated the nomination and watching the movie, yeah. but I don't think it's Pantheon. And I will say the same thing myself. Okay. Yeah. You know what? We have been, just, just to put this out there, you and I have been way wrong. So wrong. On our predictions before. Yeah. Like, flip-flop the opposite. Like the life aquatic scenario. Holy God in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry, Kyle. But uh but but uh I don't think we're wrong this time. Yeah. Time will tell. We will find out. Rachel, it's you or us, and I think uh we will definitely know over time. So as always, I hope you all enjoyed tonight's conversation. Uh Dr. Diamond Doug, where can Video Land find you? You can find me on the Facebook. On the Facebook. You can also find me on Facebook. Uh you can also find uh, Adventures in Videoland on Instagram, Adventures in Videoland on Facebook. But the conversation always begins and ends on our Facebook uh, wall. So you've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Videolanders. Ding, ding. Order up. <laughs> I think that's going to work. About, I worked about, an hour on that. About, yes, chef. Nah. You know what? How about this? We, we love, love you. you.